Yo, what's up, everybody? On this episode of the Bullpen Podcast, we'll be taking a little blast into the past. So this episode was actually recorded two days before the podcast launched on August 21st of 2018. And this was actually recorded with a guy who I consider to be a good friend of mine. His name is Robert Tiger, a.k.a. BitRebel, and he's been in the crypto space for a long time. And we had a really awesome and passionate conversation. So without further ado, let's do it. All right. One more thing before we get to the podcast. In this podcast, The Crypto Bully, any co-host and his guests do not give financial or investment advice and encourage you to do your own research on all topics mentioned. Do not invest into this market what you can't afford to lose. I bet I know what you're thinking. Is this really Morgan Freeman? Well, unfortunately not. But Lyndon thought it would be a good idea to use such a soothing voice for the legal mumbo-jumbo to smooth things over. Now, let's do it. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Play ball! Bullpen Podcast, number nine, the crypto bully. Wow! <laughs> he makes it look so easy. And that ball has left the stadium. And so I opened it up and I looked and, and uh, sure enough, it was the first information that I had received on, on Bitcoin. And at the time, I had an opportunity to buy into Bitcoin at $3 a coin. And so I, I sat there and I looked at it and I was reading over the, 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 the white paper and I thought, this sounds great. And so I called my wife over and I, I asked her, I said, well, what do you think about this? I said, technically, it sounds fantastic, but you know, we have an opportunity to, to buy some of these Bitcoins, $3 a coin. What do you think? And my wife, she just kind of looked at me, you know, how wives do, you know, and they kind of <laughs> point you in the right direction. So they think. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she said, honey, it's probably a scam. And I looked at her and I said, well, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. And so I shut down my, my email and I just kind of went, went about life and, and, um, the upcoming holiday season of 2011, I decided, hey, I was going to check back into Bitcoin and see what, what it was doing. Uh-huh. And uh, I looked, and that was the, the first year that Bitcoin actually uh, skyrocketed to, I believe, it capped out at around $1,200 per coin at that time. Remember hearing about that. Yep. And I just, uh, I my jaw dropped and, and hit the floor, and I was just like, Honey. <laughs> yeah, like, uh... You remember Bitcoin? <laughs> remember that scam you was talking about? <laughs> so they're selling for $1,200 a coin now. Right? After getting over the the initial shock, I, I sat down and I thought about things and I said, I got to get involved in this. 
in some way. Yeah. Uh, I just want to be part of it. And so, you know, that's kind of what I did. I started learning everything that I could about Bitcoin and about other cryptocurrencies because at the time they had also released Litecoin and Namecoin and Dogecoin. Those were some of the some of the additions that had come through uh, through Bitcoin. And nice. obviously, Litecoin went script, and that just kind of changed the whole landscape. And uh, the show was on. And so I just kind of did my due diligence for the next couple of years, you know, just kind of trying to get familiarized with everything um, and started to kind of collect coins over time. And so, you know, that kind of brought me to, well, now I'm starting to, I, I know enough to be dangerous, but where am I going to take it from here? And so I just decided that uh, I was going to, I knew at some point it's all going to hit the mainstream. Uh, and so I thought, well, how can I go about using my skills that I currently have and, you know, using that as a springboard to get me involved somewhere somehow? So I started listening to all kinds of uh, mentors, you know, early, early guys like, uh, you know, Roger Ver and, and Voorhees and Charlie Schramm and, and all of them guys. And, you know, they obviously, you know, have their own, you know, skills and, and, um, they jumped on it early. I had the chance, but uh, I was a little bit late to the party. So I just decided, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start helping projects out, you know, because that was my way of earning some of the coins that were actually being developed at the time. So what ended up happening is I ended up meeting a whole lot of great people out there that were doing the same thing, just trying to get this off the ground and get it into a, you know, into a light where everybody can kind of look at it and say, oh, yeah, this does make sense, you know, especially when you compare, you know, things that happened here in the U.S. anyway with the uh, with the market crash of 2008. Right, yeah. So, you know, there was a lot that kind of went into me getting started, but, you know, I kind of took it in that direction. Uh, you know, I've put together a team now with Satoshi Media Group that is pretty well, most of the team includes guys like me that have been in this industry for almost the same amount of time and guys that I've actually worked with before and that I can trust and that I can, you know, kind of, you know, know that when I delegate something that it's going to get handled. So I just decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and put together a, a team and, and write some content of my own and, I, I'm getting a great response, Lyndon. It's, uh, you know, I guess it's just, a, you know, the things that you do kind of lead to other things that you're not really fully aware of. Right, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I still do my job the same way that I used to approach cryptos in the morning when I'd get up and and I'd work and and, you know, I never really kind of comprehended what's actually going on outside once i click send and that content hits the mainstream i don't know what's going on out there all i know about is what i'm doing here and i've had a lot of people say hey you you've got a big name out here and i'm like well you know i'm just doing what i do i don't care about my name or anything like that but over time it has it's slowly kind of becoming evident that you know, hey, I have a responsibility because there are other other listeners out there that are looking 
to learn. And so I'm here to kind of like make that learning curve a little bit easier, hopefully. Man, that's that's awesome. And I love that because I feel the exact same way. You know, just like you said, uh, things kind of have this way of spiraling into something that you may not even expect. And that's literally exactly how it happened with this podcast. This was not, you know, initially not even my idea. You know, somebody else had heard me do an interview and they were like, yo, do a podcast. And I'm just like, eh? then I, you know, it just kind of it really did just spiral into this. So, you know, the fact that you're out there and you're looking to make that learning curve easier for people because it is a hell of a learning curve. Uh, man, that's awesome. That's that's super awesome. I think that's what it's all about, man. Educating people and getting people more informed and more comfortable with this space. You know, there's a lot of craziness out here. There's a lot of scams. There's a lot of of people spreading uh, incorrect news. So it's like when you have the people like you and I that are, are really putting in that time and that work, and it's not about notoriety. It's not about the name. It's about literally just kind of spreading that uh, that crypto love. You know, I, I I love that's what I love about this space. I love talking to people like you when it comes to this topic, man, because I think that's that's just the heart of it. Really, it's it's what helps push it forward for everybody else, man. It is, and it, and and really, Lyndon, it goes it goes all the way back to the the initial white paper and uh, the ideals and and the uh, things that he made possible. He, he, but we don't know who Satoshi is, really. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, she, it. <laughs> you know, it, it, if you go back to those original ideals and concepts, you know, that's basically, you, you know, what what this is doing is it's actually putting the trust into mathematics or algorithm. And, and so you don't actually necessarily have to trust who you're actually dealing with, you know, when it comes to uh, transactions and so forth, because, you know, mathematics is handling it. That's kind of the way I see it. And, um, you know, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, maybe Bitcoin or, or blockchain is, is kind of a flash in the pan. It's right. getting a lot harder to, to go that direction, uh, you know, with as much as it's being developed right now. Right. Um, and we're, we're pretty close to, you know, going mainstream here pretty, pretty quick. And I think that, uh, you know, in the future, I think that you're going to see a lot of stuff tied in with blockchain and, and algorithms, whether it be AI or uh, augmented reality or uh, you know, gaming or, or even sports. You know, Major League Sports is getting into this now. A lot of the, the way things had been done in the past with this technology, it's just making such a difference in uh, not only transactions, but in processing time as well. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's like when you really think about it, blockchain it really enhances almost any industry in existence, especially industries that are dealing with data or dealing with currency transactions, which is like every industry in existence because all of them, you know, have some type of goal to make some money. So it's just like you can just see this being literally integrated into everything, everything and then improving in a way to where, like you were saying, you create this trustless system to where you you know you don't have to necessarily rely on a, you know a, a flawed human being by nature to depend on getting things certain you know certain things done and it really kind of opens up this whole new realm of possibility to not have to worry about that and focus energy on other parts of a particular company entity product or service that could be you know that time could be better utilized with so i yeah i definitely agree with that for sure and then there's so many different coins too that offer different 
solutions to different problems based on whatever is trying to go, you know, whatever's going on, you know, what maybe a particular company or entity is trying to achieve or a person is trying to achieve, whether it's to store data or mention somebody or literally just send a transaction from the US over to China. It did not cost a hundred dollars, you know, to send that across if you're only trying to send five or 10 bucks, you know, so I definitely see blockchain and crypto essentially starting to be integrated into almost everything. And it's just almost going to be like taboo to see something in existence that doesn't have blockchain or crypto tied into it. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to really see that, that mass adoptive curve when it really starts to happen. And you're just like, oh shit, like everybody's talking about this now. (laughs) And the thing is, is while all of this is being developed for future, also there's things that are being demoted in the sense that, uh, you know, a lot of industries that are out there as of yesterday, they're becoming obsolete because of the technology. And so now you have a struggle, you know, with all of these old old and outdated forms of communication and, and how we do business are, are now, you know, going away with the dinosaur. You know, the banking industry, centralized bank, banking industry, they would be one of the first uh, industries to, to, to feel the crunch. Now, that doesn't say that I, I don't believe in any kind of regulation at all. I do believe that some forms of regulation are for our benefit. Right. But I do think that there's a, a fine line. I think there's a fine line in that being there for our own benefit and also overstepping the lines and invading our privacies. You know, then you have all of the other the other benefits, you know, that, that come in, you know, via the blockchain is, is your, the, the processing times for the way that things used to be done. I just can't wait till they put the, the DMV on the blockchain. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh man. That yes. would save so many people so much time. Oh my God. <laughs> and so these are the things that I kind of think about during the daytime, you know, when I'm working is the, I get these, these ideas how the blockchain can be utilized the best. And the DMV was just one of those examples that I, I kind of come up with as changing our lives for the better, you know, so much in that you don't have to, you're not going to have to go in and, and sit for hours anymore to wait, you know, wait for, especially uh, in Southern California where I'm, where I initially grew up, the DMV down there, you go in the DMV, and you're there for a good three to four hours just getting your license taken care of. So I think that the blockchain is type of technology will change that kind of thing. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Any any of those things that seem to be time intensive due to whether it be long lines, processing things that take a long time or uh, money situations like healthcare systems where you know you have hospitals that send out bills to insurance companies and they take like 30 to 90 days to get the yep. money back and stuff like that. Those are the industries that blockchain are going to completely evolutionize in a way to where it's just people are going to like, oh shit, wait, so you're telling me I can go to the DMV and I can get a new driver license in yep. 10 minutes? No way. <laughs> There's no way that's possible. You know, but it is. It's that those type of scenarios, those type of uh, manifestations that I feel like are going to be really awesome. That is what's going to really help bring you know, crypto and blockchain to a level to where people are really going to be able to be like, I appreciate this. 
It's taken something that used to be difficult and made it much more simpler in a way to where I don't even have to trust trust the system the way I had to trust it before. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves over time and, you know, all the different type of industries that blockchain integrates itself with and how it'll pretty much transform and stuff. So I'm ready. I've been ready for mass adoption. I'm ready. You know, I, I can't wait until everybody else is on uh, on board. I want to see somebody. I want to I want to get to the point to where I see kids like I want to be I want to be Bitcoin for Halloween. So it's like, what? Like, what? Or, or you you see Bitcoin and Dogecoin walking hand to hand down the road carrying their little uh, candy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No joke. Hey, you know, this is funny that you brought up Dogecoin, man. I actually read somewhere, too, that Dogecoin was like a huge influence as to you getting started. Um, as far as investing and developing in, in crypto, is that true? I actually saw a whole lot of potential in Dogecoin, even though they they chose to go uh, a different route in uh, uh, you know not capping the the supply. Right. Um, I I actually thought their community at the time, and and most likely still is, you know, side of Bitcoin. The Dogecoin has one of the largest communities in in the crypto industry of any other coin. The guys that started Dogecoin. Yep, Jackson and Palmer, you know, I believe. Jackson Palmer, they started off as a joke. You know, they thought, well, they they were going to go ahead and experiment, and see what they were going to do. Right. With, and uh, you know, he's got his own perspective. He's got his own views. He he's a very intelligent individual. I still think that uh, Dogecoin, you know, has a lot of potential uh, if if the the development team continues to see Dogecoin, you know, as a serious coin. You know, I know that uh, Jackson Palmer had kind of downplayed it quite a bit after he left, and you know, I think that uh, what I used Dogecoin a lot for, and especially in the early stages, was as more or less kind of like a bridge type of a, a currency that you could you could take the same amount of Dogecoin and transfer that to another address or send it wherever you, you like for pennies uh, compared right. to you were sending sending Bitcoin. Yep. And especially if you're a trader or an investor and, and you're you're constantly transferring funds back and forth. Dogecoin really did come in handy for me back then in the fact that, uh, you know, I could transfer things at less cost than I could with, with Bitcoin. And so, so I used it quite a bit and I still have my stockpile of, of Dogecoins and uh, I'm just hanging on to them, seeing, seeing what happens down the road. Cause I know that just uh, last year we kind of saw a transition in the pricing of cryptos. You know, that's just going to continue to do so until we're, you know, fully on board. You know, those who get on on it early and can take the time to invest a little bit, you know, that could pay off in in the long run. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens uh, with a particular cryptocurrency. Like I said, it's it's hilarious that it started off as as a parody and it just really kind of took everybody by storm, especially even Jackson Palmer himself. And it was just like, oh, wait a minute. This market cap just skyrocketed. What happened? Yeah. Why? You know, so it, it kind of kind of made them, I guess, take a look at it a little bit differently and take it more serious. So, but I mean, I think that's that's really cool. It's yeah. pretty awesome. I think you're the first person that I've ever heard say that that particular cryptocurrency is what really kind of helped, you know, push them into the space. And, it, you know, it's starting off as a pretty, you know, cryptocurrency to begin with. So that's that's interesting. 
And you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, dude, one thing that I hear people talk about, and I honestly have no idea, like, what the hell, but, like, is is it Dogecoin? Is it Dogecoin? Is it Doggycoin? Like, <laughs> I feel like everybody pronounces it kind of like their own way. I've heard it uh, all different kinds of ways. Uh, and I just kind of uh, settled in on Dogecoin. Gotcha. Uh, I don't really put too much emphasis on, on what you call it, just as long as it has a utility. Yeah, and a joke. Time, Dogecoin did provide a utility for me uh, in a sense that it was allowing me to use Dogecoin as kind of a, a bridge currency to get from one one form of currency to another in, in my transfers. You know, that's Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's what it is. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. It's cool. And you definitely, man, you, you, I mean, obviously from sitting here and having a conversation with you, man, you definitely seem to know exactly what you're talking about. You definitely have some experience in this space. And man, I kind of wanted to get a little bit more into uh, Satoshi Media Group, man. Um, I know you have, you know, you're the founder and, and, you know, the director of media when it comes to that particular group, man. So I just wanted to ask, like, what exactly is a particular media group about and what are you basically trying to offer to the crypto world or blockchain world as a solution? Like what, you know, what is your goal with that particular, uh, with this particular company? Okay. The goal with Satoshi media group, because I've, I've managed and, and my team members have also managed to build up such a targeted community over the course of time, since I first started back in 2011, 2012, the guys that I have on, on my team, for instance, my ICO manager was just out and did a live news feed with NASDAQ pertaining to an ICO that he's currently managing. Wow. He just got finished with that. I, I believe it was around two, uh, two weeks ago on okay. Wednesday. And and then right after he uh, caught the plane and was on his way to New York, as when I got the uh, email from you guys. Wow. And I thought to myself, oh, this is great. You know, we already have a pretty good reach. If we can, you know, kind of in through doing these interviews, if we can triple that reach, that would be great. But to get back to your question, what the overall goal was, was not only to uh, to write content and, and try to teach people, but also I wanted to be able to focus in on the mainstream business community. There's a lot of businesses out there that a lot of them are startups, but uh, they're, they're going to need somebody especially if they're going to uh, you know, have their own ICO or, or have some kind of a launch of a, a cryptocurrency or development on the blockchain that's going to a difference. You know, I, I want to be there to offer my services to those clients and help them bypass some of the, the things, some of the challenges that I've actually uh, ran across in, in my time doing this and especially if you're a business you know it's one thing to be an individual but when you're a business and you bring this kind of technology into into play then you have to be able to 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 know how to use it to your best ability not only you know yourself as a business owner but your your employees as well you know that's what i decided i decided well i i have so many skills uh, I, have a, I have a background. I, I understand this. And each person that I bring into the team has a certain a certain skill set. And by by the way, my team members, they're all they're none of them are salary. They all see the opportunity. 
And they all say, okay, well, we can take this and, and run with it because we're all pretty much independent contractors. We're all decentralized. When I get a client, you know, I will know how to delegate that client. I will know who to send them to. I will know who to basically, I will find the solutions for that client. If I have to give them to my ICO manager, I'll give them to the ICO man and let them work the bugs out, you know, as, as they go. You know, my, my overall goal was I seen the need. I seen the niche, Lyndon, like you did with the podcast show. Indeed. I yep. see that Main Street, uh, Main Street business is going to fall right in line with, with, with my goals of trying to bring cryptocurrencies and blockchain development to the mainstream. Nice, and, man. You know, that's how you're going to do it. You, you get into the businesses. You find the merchants that are willing to give it a try. And once they find that it is successful, then they'll, they'll, they will see the value in it. That makes sense. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. When you talk about uh, bringing in business, doing business to business uh, work, and it's almost like, you know, you think about how many different uh, businesses or corporations have influence over individuals and, you know, people seeing these large entities operating with blockchain and crypto. I definitely think it has this this way of making such a large influence on the individual saying, well, if this particular company, if XYZ is using this and we use them for all types of stuff, then that, that says a lot about the, you know, the the community as a whole. It says a lot about blockchain and crypto as a whole. It puts like a different trust uh, perspective on it for people. And yeah, I think that is a really good point. A really, really good point, man. And you know, it, it's kind of funny because I really think kind of a, a gray area for the average person, right? The average person, I don't feel really knows how simple or difficult it may actually be to start your own uh, coin, start your own blockchain project, cryptocurrency project, man. Could you give just a, like a little insight into that? Is it simple? Is it hard? Is it a lot to think about? If I wanted to say, you know, I wanted to start, you know, the bullpen podcast coin, how simple or difficult would that be if I really wanted to do it and I wanted to be serious about it? Well, I think that uh, if we go back to the old days, and there's a difference between you know what I mean by the old days and compared to what, what we're dealing with today. Back uh-huh. when I first started, it was more or less like it caught my attention. You know, I knew I'd kind of missed the boat on the early investment into Bitcoin, even though it's still by all industry experts. They're saying that we could see a Bitcoin hit 250,000 by the year two, uh, 2022. I believe Tim Draper is the one that just recently came out and uh, and made that that speculation. Yep. But uh, if you're just beginning, I started off more or less kind of like a hobby in, in a sense in that uh, I, I really loved the technology and I wanted it. I couldn't wait to test it out. And so I learned everything that I could, started mining and started uh, doing all, you know, all that I could to you know, collect some of the cryptos out there that were being released. And, and, um, and so I did that. And a lot of times, you know, you have to do things and really not expect to get an overnight reward. So the first thing I would say to anyone out there is that it's not an it's it's not something that's going to be rewarding overnight. Right. In some cases, I guess maybe it could be, but most of the cases, you're going to spend a lot of time building and researching. 
and that's what I did to, to, to start off with. I started researching and started experimenting, you know, on my own with different crypto coins and, 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 and uh, looking into different types of code that what were used to create these cryptocurrencies and right. what their use cases were. I think the, the, the best thing that I would say is if you're starting off now, Take it lightly, you know. Don't get don't get overwhelmed because you can get overwhelmed yeah, easily, definitely. And especially with all of the the, the developments and changes that have have been around uh, for the last couple of years, moving into more of an ICO type of a phase. When I first started, you know, guys, I I, I worked with guys on on different projects like Sterling Coin, uh, OK Cash, Dodge Coin, obviously. And a number of others where I just got in and got my hands dirty and just started working for free right. because I liked what I was doing, you know, didn't quit my day job, but I spent a lot of time all the way to the point where my wife and I were arguing because I was staying up <laughs> all hours of the night and she couldn't understand it until I started kind of explaining to her what my thoughts were about it and where it could eventually take us. So at the time she didn't really understand, but she said, I want you to get to bed at a, at a decent hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> because I probably would have been in the hospital by now, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it was, uh, you know, it was one of those kind of things where, you know, I took, I took that extra time that, that, that leisure time. I used it to, uh, to, to give me a uh, kind of a springboard. Uh, thank God I stuck with it. I, I went through times, Lyndon, where people were just calling me crazy, never work. It's just a flash in the pan. Everything, everything that you could imagine was thrown in my direction. Now it's like these same people are saying, wow, you know, how did, how did you find out about this? How, you know, now they have questions. Now I'm not so much of a dreamer. To make a long story short, I think that that's kind of, I would tell people out there to, to kind of, you know, be prepared for that. You know, you're going to, you're going to have people that, that don't like change, plain and simple. And, you know, they, you know, are a little leery of, of what's going on. But what they don't understand is that, you know, this type of technology is actually a little bit more secure and a lot more tr trustworthy than our old system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yep. I tell people that all the time. But people don't like change. That's the hump we're all trying to get over here, uh, Lyndon, is getting people to understand what the technology is. Number one, number two, why it was created. The uh, number three, how it can be used in our day to day lives. Yep. And that's kind of where I I came in and I said, you know, I I've done a lot of uh, work for free. Yeah, I've done a lot of volunteer stuff and and i i need to make some money in what i do of course uh, yeah living and uh you know I, I can't do this you know two job thing i can't you know have a day job and then come back and and do this at night which right. uh, some people can but to to the extent that i the, the stuff that i i do and the, the things that i i talk about in my content as well as you know person to person you know, I need that extra time. And so, you know, there's, there has been sacrifices made on my part, uh, Lyndon, but there's a, there's a number of other guys out there too, 
that have, you know, look at Charlie Shrem, look at, uh, look at Ross, uh, them guys had their, their names drugged through the mud, had to do prison time, you know, yeah. who knows about if Ross is ever going to get it out. So there's sacrifices being made now. And you, like uh, a number of my uh, team members, are blessed enough to see the, the light at the end of the tum- tunnel, so Indeed. to speak. And we're doing something about it, Lyndon. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with Satoshi Media Group. I don't expect to be the best, even though I sometimes tell my team that we are the best. <laughs> yeah. But I know that there's, there's a lot of guys out there that, that are just as or if not better than me, you know, right. and have a lot of time and money in getting the Bitcoin ship out to sea. And uh, I, I would love to go to uh, the Anarchapoco sometime if I could ever uh, get the invite. But um, we'll, we'll see if that happens at some point. That would be awesome, man. I would love to see you uh, speak at that, man. I was actually, I was trying to make plans to go to that this just recently, this, you know, the, the, the past one earlier this year, man. And I was just so busy doing everything else. I couldn't make the time, but I really want to make the time to go to the next one, man. And Acapulco is amazing. And just seeing the progress of how it's grown over time. I mean, you think about like the, the first one, I think he said it was only maybe a hundred people showed up or 150 people. And then just seeing now this past year, I think it was over, you know, I think he originally had, I think 1500 spots and it sold well over that to the point to where he had to, you know, create streams online and, yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. So, yeah, if you go to that, I'm definitely there. <laughs> I'm definitely there, and I definitely want to see that. That'd be awesome. Well, I mean, if you're here in the U.S., you know about Congress and you know about the Senate. Well, you know, that's up in Washington. Well, Anarchapoco is kind of the same thing. Right. Uh, you have a roundtable, and, uh, you know, every year, you know, others get invited, you know, so it's not always the same people, and they're able to get, you know, uh, get their ideas and, and their perspectives, you know, out there. I just think it would be great just to meet some of the people that I've, I've looked up to as well. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I agree, man. Jeff, Jeff Berwick did a really good job of putting that together, man. And it's, it's beautiful to watch what it's grown into, man. Yeah. You know what? That, that may be have the, that may have to be the place where we meet, man. And we link up in person. That would be awesome. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. Lyndon. I'd love to come shake your hand. Oh uh, man. Yep, yeah. that, that'd be yeah, that'd definitely be cool, man. So yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, man, what you're saying, all, all of what you just said was it holds a lot of truth, man. So definitely, I mean, I see Satoshi Media Group going uh, some good places, man. You seem seem like an awesome person. Um, your team, you know, it seems like you guys definitely know what you're doing, and like you said, a, a big important part of it, you know, to anybody who's looking to start a, a cryptocurrency project, a coin, a token, whatever the case. Due diligence, man, doing research. That's that's hugely important. I mean, anything I've done in crypto, any successes that I've had have came from education, have came from researching, have came from putting in ridiculous amounts of hours and staying up well beyond what a normal person should stay up and <laughs> you know, going yeah. through that that mania phase, you know, where it's just like, okay. Maybe I should like sleep and eat like normal humans. You know, I'm not necessarily a robot. So I guess I'm going to have to do those things at minimal. But it is when you get passionate about something and you really start to see the opportunity, it just takes over you. And you're just like, man, it's just so much out there, so much information, so much to offer. It's just like you want to just take it all. So um, 
Yeah, man, I definitely agree with that, man. I definitely agree that, yeah, people should definitely, yeah, take it, you know, take it lightly. You know, you don't have to have to full gun ahead, you know, but it is take it day by day. Take those steps to really learn the space, learn the market, learn the community. And I feel like in time, as you do that, if you're really genuine about why you're getting into this, everything will really kind of present itself, man. And I know for me personally, a huge part of who I choose to work with from a business perspective is uh, highly based on the people and how they are, their personalities. Because my, at the end of the day, right, business is business, but business can end up being very personal at the same time. So it's like, I want to do business with the person that I feel like I could sit down, have a cup of coffee with, and we can chop it up and have that same conversation I would from a friend perspective, from a personal perspective. So, I mean, you know, not, not ever working with Satoshi uh, Media Group directly, I can say 100% honestly, from just talking to you right now on this podcast and just seeing the type of person that you are um, having these conversations, man, I, I, you know, your company is, is one that I would feel personally comfortable working with, man. And I would be very interesting to see, you know, the type of things that you guys do going in the future and the way you guys contribute to these projects based off of that alone and just seeing how that radiates with other people and other businesses and other companies that exist in the crypto spot space, man. So I'm, I'm going for you do without a doubt. Seriously. What all of my due diligence has done for me, uh, Lyndon, over over the space of the last, uh, you know, six, seven years is it's allowed me not only to build up the community, it's also allowed me to kind of um, have a direction. Right. You know, I'm using the, the skill sets that I have, that I know that I have to to be able to push this forward. Most of the guys that I have on my team, they're the same same way. Because we did that back then, Lyndon, it's just now starting to kind of pay back. You know what I mean? There was There's a, a return on the investment that is starting to come to uh, fruition. So when I get up in the morning, you know, now it's, you know, I do, I, I read my news and, and I kind of... Uh, Look at a couple other things before I get my my day started, but I you know some of the clients that I've I've brought in are just strictly they're people looking for information. They they have something, they have a project, they have an idea, they have a startup, and they need help. It's amazing. And now I look at, at uh, some of the clients that I'm currently working with as well. How much of a difference it's making? Like uh, you know, one of my clients is actually in in this major league sports arena, like we were talking about baseball earlier, they actually are, they've created a kind of more or less like an eBay for major league sports teams and their sponsors. So an idea where they're taking this is they're going from a five month process, you know, back and forth between sports teams and sponsors to a five-hour process. Wow! This is the kind of difference I'm I'm talking about, and and that by far wasn't my my doing. You know, to create their app that they're uh, they're moving forward with, they're just being creative themselves, and they're reaching out to me to work with them on not only the development but the ongoing usage of of their blockchain creation. I love hearing stuff like that, man. I mean, when you when you take a time difference like that, going from five months to five hours, Linda, right. that's a no brainer. 
Yeah, no joke. Why would, why would somebody have that available to them and not use it? Just a question for people to think about. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It really is, man. And I think, you know, stuff like that is what what makes um, you and your, your company so awesome, man. It is. It's, it, that's why I said. When you really start to think about blockchain, man, and the potential of it, it really is almost a no-brainer. Like, it's it's just like, why would I not use this, implement this in whatever I'm doing to make it easier, to free up time, to make processes more seamless? Like, you know, almost, I I, I guarantee you, they're going to get to a point to where it's almost going to make sense. It's not going to make sense to not include blockchain in whatever you do because it's going to have such a quality about it that it's going to just make average things, payments, data information, sharing, transferring, you know, all t- contracts. It's going to make everything so much more easy. You know, it's going to make it so much easier. It's going to make it so much uh, less time consuming. And like you said, trustless. So it's just like, it just becomes almost like this autumn, you know, this, this, automated thing that is put in place to just completely sew up the gaps that were in certain industries before. And when you start thinking about niche situations, like what you just said, you know, not many people probably even know that problem exists, but for the people who deal with that, that is huge. You're talking about five months to five hours. That's crazy. Like that's a ridiculous gain of time back that Probably may have never happened if it wasn't for blockchain. That's the beautiful part about it, man. Yeah, I definitely, man, I I actually have some ideas in my mind myself, man. We're definitely going to have to sit down and have some conversations, man. I would love to team up with you and Satoshi Media Group and kind of push some of that stuff out there. Because I know you know what you're talking about. You've definitely been around in this space for a long time. So you would probably have a lot of great information and insight into stuff like that, man, without a doubt. I'd love to sit down with you, uh, Lyndon, on more of an informal you know, uh, uh, environment, just brainstorm, you know, that's uh, actually what, uh, you know, what kind of caught my attention with doing an interview with you, Lyndon, was I love the name of your show. Being a baseball fan, you know, that, that just, uh, you know, I also played all the way up through high school. I just turned 50. So I'm, wow. I'm not a youngster by any chance. So yeah. by, by, any means i would say that you know probably your guy in high school or in college right now uh, learning about technology has a whole lot more everyday experience to uh, you know how to how to work a smartphone or you know uh, all of that stuff that kind of catches up to you as you get older right <laughs> i constantly am telling my wife i have to stay on point yeah. one of us you know and that's so, true you know i think that uh, we're just at the beginning stages, the infancy stages of all of this technology. And it's going to be amazing to sit back and watch things develop, Lyndon. And, um, you know, when we get to be in our, our senior years, then we'll look back and we'll say, you know, we were part of that history, you know, part of that, uh, that whole transition. And, um, you know, it's something to, uh, to really uh, be proud of. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I will, I, I want to, I definitely want to be a huge part of that history, man, just to take part in this and to see how this can and I believe will transform all types of industries across the world. To be a part of something like this is nothing short of just, just amazing, you know, and, and you know what? When I, I'm really sitting here thinking about it, 
the the thing I, I love about you was when I think about the term, right? You you think about crypto OGs, people who've been around in this for a long time and things like that. I really feel like to me, you embody what a crypto OG should be in a sense of um you have this this poise and this way about yourself that I feel like is really humbling. And you're somebody I feel completely comfortable to where if there's something I don't know, I feel like I could come ask you a question. And not only are you going to give me a, a right answer, you're going to be, you're going to be very thoughtful about it. You're going to be, be understanding of me not having this, a certain amount of knowledge and willing to educate, man. And I, I love that. I love that. I, you are definitely somebody I would be like, yo, go follow this guy. Like follow this guy. Look at what he's doing. Listen to what he's saying because it's important. And I feel like people have something to gain from that. And that's, that's what excited me so much about about this interview because I felt that before we even jumped on the, you know, jumped on the podcast. And that's kind of the, the approach that I take, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I do try to keep myself, uh, humble. First time that you start to think, you know, it all, uh, is when you're going to get slapped down. Yep. <laughs> no <laughs> by, joke. By somebody who really does. But, um, yeah, I, that's kind of the approach that I take, uh, more is, someone that's that that has the experience and has the understanding of, of the technology itself to be able to use that and pass it along is is at the end of the day that's that's my my daily goal to, to teach at least one person how you know all the all the how what where when whys of the development of this technology and you know, that's where I get, I guess, the most gratification is helping others, you know, discover what, what I've discovered. See if we can all come together and, and uh, make it a successful, a successful way forward, you know, where a lot of people today are, you know, they, especially those that don't even know that this technology exists, they're looking down the road a bit and saying, okay, well, what's going to happen? Exactly. Yep. And that's that right there is literally exactly the reason why I really started this podcast is because I there is there's a lot of people that don't know crypto exists. Blockchain exists. And those are the people I want to capture. That's exactly why the name of the podcast does not have the word crypto in it at all, because I want people to see that and they'd be like, wait a minute. okay, what what is this? It's called the bullpen podcast. But why is the guy hosting it called the crypto? Like, wait a minute. Okay, this is weird. Like, I got to see what this is about. So I think I think it is important. Those people are important, man. The people who are, have yet to get here, those are the people that's going to drive this to mass adoption. So I feel like if I can combine the entertainment with the information, the informativeness, the educationness, if that's even a word, of, of this podcast and, uh, you know, pulling in really amazing people like you. It's like that's just huge. That's that's a lot of takeaway. You're you're entertained, you're informed, and it's authentic. You know, it's authentic. It really is. That's that's what I aim for. So, you know, that's that's what I love about it, man. It's, it's so much opportunity in this space, man. And actually, something else that I wanted to ask you about because I saw this too, man. I think this is awesome. I think this is really cool, and I would be really interested to see how you roll this out, man. But um, I saw that you're basically working. If I'm if I'm making sure I'm saying this right, you're working on a media platform called satoshinews.network. Is that correct? Yeah, actually, we're kind of in talks with that. We don't know if we're going to actually use that network yet or if we're going to use 
you know, going to the same domain of uh, Satoshi Media Group. You know, that's kind of uh, we thought about that, but we're trying to put together a platform uh, for decentralized uh, people like yourself and, and myself that not really decentralized. What I was looking for was uh, more of a independent contractors okay. to be able to kind of come together and work together as a team rather than having everything be, be so centralized where, you know, you have to be an employee. Now, obviously, you know, non-disclosures and stuff like that for, you know, projects that people are working on, you know, you can't violate those. Uh, so we're trying to come up with a way to kind of decentralize ourselves, if that makes sense. But yeah, it's still kind of a, a, a thing in the works. Uh, we still uh, are not sure the direction we went ahead with it, but you know we're definitely still writing content. We're definitely still uh, you know doing the things that that we do. Uh, however, we're still kind of just kind of mulling everything over as far as the, the content's concerned. Because my original idea was to have early adopters and and people in the business community that wanted to be able to kind of work with each other more or less kind of like on a decentralized basis. So, but just putting together the, uh, the architecture, uh, it, you know, trying to take an idea yeah. and move an architecture framework is, is, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, difficult to do. Um, there's been so many changes with, you know, with the industry over the last few years. I mean, when I got started, you know, we used to just go on there and, and do tasks for, for different coins and stuff. Or, you know, in my case, I was writing content. And, um, you know, I'd like to, to create a platform similar to, to, to that kind of an idea, but bring it more or less onto the blockchain and have kind of like an, an easy access for that kind of information. Because when I was doing it, there wasn't anybody to that I could reach out to that could kind of walk me through things. You know, right. I, I had, really had to kind of learn on my own. I'd talked to other uh, earlier adopters uh, in the industry, you know, and they would kind of help when they could. You know, that was kind of my idea. Uh, and so, you know, that's still kind of in the works, but it, it will be, uh, I, I want to make sure that everything's done right. I want to make sure that, if we do need to have compliance and uh, uh, meet with uh, some form of regulation, then, you know, we're going to have to kind of take that into account as well. But yeah, that's definitely coming though. Uh, nice. Awesome, man. I would definitely be pointing, I would definitely point people in the direction of that, man. That's, that's awesome. Um, I'm sure there's some awesome content. You guys already have a lot of great, awesome content out there anyway. I've, I've definitely looked into it. So uh, yeah, man, that's going to be, that's going to be great. I can't wait to see something like that. Something like that would be awesome. I definitely see that there's a demand for it. There's a need for it. And especially as we move into that realm of mass adoption, I feel like that that demand and need will only increase over time. So, you know, you being ahead of the curve on that and thinking of putting things in place to make that easier for people, for businesses, individuals. Yeah, man, it only sounds right. Really does. That was my idea. Um, and trying to take it from an idea to, uh, to an actual reality is, is, is challenging. I do have, I do have development experience. Uh, most of my experience comes in both finance, you know, investing, trading, and, um, you know, not for other people, uh, you know, specifically for myself. Right. But, um, you know, that 
being said, um, you know, I, I, I write content now when I can. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got so many other things going on. Like we're working with a decentralized exchange that is going to be huge. They're based out of the UK. They're taking up a lot of my time right now, but grown to appreciate my team and some of the things that they can contribute. And um, they're super people. Some of the best people in the world you're going to find in this community, you know, especially the early adopters, the ones that, that seen it coming and did something about it. And um, that's where I hope to kind of, you know, develop Satoshi Media Group. I'm hoping to develop it in, in the same kind of way that I first gained my interest in it and to make it a little bit easier, you know, for people to reach out if they need a mentor or if they like yourself, if you needed a question answered, you know, you could, don't hesitate to, to reach out and, and ask. Uh, that's kind of the way that I wanted to, to, to feel. And uh, use case is definitely uh, the things that are going into this pro- upcoming project. Number one, compliance. Number two, uh, use case. And, um, you know, I'd like, I'd like to see it kind of back off the ICO train a little bit more than it has been. You know, whenever something new comes around, people are all over it. And so the people that are investing in ICOs now aren't going to really get the same experiences as, as uh, some of us who were in there uh, in the beginning that uh, just helped each other. It wasn't about money, what, you know, because those coins at the time, they weren't worth a whole lot. You know, so a lot of it went off of your own belief system and your own uh, experience in, in knowing where this may be headed. You know, that's kind of, you know, the difference in where it was back then as it is today, as it is today, where you have ICOs and that, and then they have airdrops and now they're coming out with something called smart drops. So things you better hold on because this is a wild ride. If you're getting into it, there's changes happening daily. And, um, you know, one thing that I kind of wanted to uh, discuss briefly with you um, uh-huh. to get your view is what do you think about all of the forks taking place with Bitcoin? It's a lot. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it is a lot of forks, man. I think, what is it, like 40, 40 something now? Or? Yeah, somewhere. It, it was around there in counting. And, and that right there in itself is very confusing issue, especially yeah. for someone that's just coming into it. They're going to be like, well, how, how many Bitcoins are there? Exactly. And that's what I was like, it really is it from one perspective, it's like alarming, but it's it's it kind of has a good and a bad side to it, I guess. You know, it, it's I don't mind it happening only because it's, I see people taking something and then trying to put their own spin to it. And, and of course, I'm talking about I feel like the the forks that I feel like are really trying to create something, not just saying, oh, I'm gonna copy this name it something else and try to make a bunch of money off of it. But ones that are really trying to improve upon the code that was implemented in Bitcoin when it first started and trying to make it something better. But like you said, that's the scary part of it is to somebody that's coming in new and they're like, oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah, I want to invest in Bitcoin. But wait a minute, there's Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Gold and Bitcoin, you know, white and, you know, Bitcoin Purple. Like what, <laughs> you know, which which one of these Bitcoins do I invest in? Like, what? like are they all different? Are they same? What's the, di- you know, it is. So, I think that comes back to the whole me and you thing to where we have the people like us that are really trying to educate people and 
we want to create a space to where people feel comfortable asking others questions. So they're just not, I don't, you know, I don't, the last thing I want is a person to come into crypto and be like, I don't know what the hell to do, but I don't want to ask anybody because I don't want to seem stupid. Or I don't want to seem like I don't know anything. I want people to feel comfortable that, you know, and I really do want to create that type of environment, that type of community. You know, that's, that's something I want to create within Discord community yeah. within the bullpen podcast where it's like, yo, I don't care what question you have. You can come here and ask that question. And I'm going to make sure that nobody tries to down you because there's something you don't know, because there's there's something that everybody doesn't know. There's so much information available in crypto. It's almost insane. So it's like, you know, you have different levels of it. You know, you know, you have people that know more than others and things like that. You have your OGs, you have your noobs, you got, you know, you have a, 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 a large array of different people that have different amounts of knowledge, people that have their niches, people that know more about the general stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, going back to it, it's nice to see things just moving in crypto. So if people are taking Bitcoin and fork, forking it 50 plus times over, you know, as yeah. long as, the, you know, there's progress taking place, then it's like, hey, I guess I guess that's that's the heart of it. Right. The decentralized nature. People can really just do whatever they want to. So and that right there, Lyndon, is the nature of this technology. I you agree. have a Bitcoin that was running wild. You know, obviously, you know, Bitcoin is going to experience some growth in its uh, in its market cap. And yeah. And so forth, but yeah. At the end of the day, you kind of see things kind of from this perspective. Bitcoin is not about a small group of people. It's not. Yep. It's the currency. It's the technology for a decentralized society. Once that takes hold, then you start thinking about all of the other stuff that come that, that follow. So when you have a Bitcoin that wants to charge you $20 per transaction, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm welcoming to see uh, another fork that maybe, you know, those developers kind of know what's going on here and they're not all about the money. And that's that, you know, I mean, that's how I got into it and that's how I've grown with it. And, you know, I've always said to myself, you know, before the forks, actually started happening was, hey, if anything ever happens with Bitcoin, we can move to something like a little bit more anonymous and kind of uh, take things down a little bit, you know, a, a notch or two. And that's, that's, that's what you know, the whole technology is for, is it's for reducing that ability for a small group of people to get their hands on whatever it is, and then turning around on it and creating monopoly and sticking it to the people. So, you know, that's uh, that's kind of my philosophy. Um, and so I think a little competition is good. I do also believe that uh, you can't run something into the ground. You can't beat a dead horse. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, I thought, well, you know, if Bitcoin ever does fail in that way, maybe we can move to something like a, a Monero or a Navcoin or something like that that's, that's a little bit more anonymous and right. also... It's completely decentralized. Whereas, uh, you know, Bitcoin is pseudo. Some of those other coins are completely dark. So, I mean, there are things it, we have options now. So, you know, it just depends on how everybody wants to play uh, in the playground. You know, are they going to play ni- nicely, or, or are we going to are we going to have some sand fights or something? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I definitely think there's going to be some sand fights, but I think or at least I hope, I guess, going forward, that there'll eventually be that time to where 
everybody will, I mean, they'll do their thing. You know, when you think about a playground, there's a lot of different kids doing a lot of different things, but they all contribute to the overall cohesiveness of the playground. You know, whether you're playing on the swings or the jungle gyms or the merry-go-round. And then the best part about the playground, generally speaking, right, is that you can go from one activity to another. You know, and if you if we create the type of, type of community to where people have that choice to go to any part of the playground and you don't have that bully, that the negative bully that's trying to keep you from doing that, then I feel like you could end up being a beautiful place where everybody can play together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're always going to have a bully, though. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah, it's pretty much in anything. Your lunch money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, and that's that's all I wanted to and see. And that's that's all I wanted to be the 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 crypto bully. I want to be the bully that combats the, the positive bully that combats the negative bullies, because I want to help push people in the direction that they want to go. You know, I want to listen to you, hear your opinion, see what you have on your plate. How can I help you connect the dots in crypto? And then let me help you get there. Let me push you in that direction so that, you know, you can really make the impact that you want to make or do what you want to do. That's 100 percent correct. Yeah, without a doubt, man. Um, you know, and actually one one question I want to ask you too. I'm always asked this question to everybody that comes on the podcast, man. What mark do you want to leave on the blockchain and cryptocurrency world? Actually, I just want to be considered uh, one of the, the the ones that were early on and that I was able to contribute and, and help to the overall health and future of this technology in a positive way. Because when you have a technology such as this, Lyndon, you have both sides. You have people that want want to move it into a positive direction. Yep. And you have people that want to move it into a negative direction. So I want to be seen as one of those positive people. And the only other thing is I'd love to sit down with my granddaughter, who we just had a, a, a tea party uh, for the other day, just me and her. And I'd like for her to be able to look back on, on Grandpop and say, you know, he he was in this in the beginning. You know, he never gave up. He pushed for what he believed in, and hopefully, uh, you know, by the time she reaches uh, her her twenties, things will be kind of uh, smoothed out and uh, going in a positive direction. You know, hopefully, she can kind of uh, give me a little bit of credit for that. Nice man, yeah. I mean, from the conversation uh, we're having now. I think you're absolutely 100% moving in that direction. So without a doubt, man, I, th- I think you will end up being one of those people, man. And I look forward to uh, further conversing with you, man, and having yes. conversations with you, man. I highly appreciate you coming on the show today, taking time out of your busy schedule, man, to chop it up with me and uh, let the listeners hear, man, your story and what you have going on. You know, what? actually, man, I think what I want to do, so I think I'm going to take this episode, man, and I feel like just with you, with your love of baseball, it just makes sense, man. I want to take this episode to basically officially announce to everybody, all the listeners, that I am planning to launch a full-blown merch line to go along with the podcast, and everything will be baseball-themed. So I'm talking hats, jerseys, the whole nine yards. You know, I want to do little bats, you know. Yep. Yeah. That's I was thinking about that idea, you know, obviously being, uh, you know, a a sports card collector since I was a kid. This is back in the days when all the kids on the, on the block would get together with their cards. And the phrase at that point in time was, let me tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll trade you this uh, Ricky Henderson rookie for 1969 Hank Aaron. 
right. you know? And so, yeah, that, that, that really, uh, that, that was one of my first loves. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see it. Uh, I'd like to see that industry as well uh, come onto the blockchain. I know that Major League Baseball is starting to come up with something now. And, yep. and uh, it's going to be amazing just uh, watching, uh, observing what all, all of the changes that this technology is going to make across the board. I would definitely be one of your first users, Lyndon, if you put oh, that together. Awesome, man. Without a doubt. You know what I'm going to have to do, too? I'm going to have to, man, I'm going to have to do that, man. When I, once I get everything going, man, I'm going to go ahead and have to create you. I want to create you a jersey, man. Throw your name on the back of that. And then uh, I, I think what I'm going to do, too, is I'm going to do, uh, I think I'm going to do cards. I think I'm going to actually do, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a baseball card type, type template and create yeah. uh, rookie cards for all of the yeah. people that come on to the show, man. So that would be, I think that would be awesome. That'd be sweet. You know, don't hesitate to uh, shoot me an email or message me. Uh, most of the time during the day, unless I have an appointment, uh, I'm I'm usually at my computer. Uh, so if you send me an email or just uh, message me over uh, LinkedIn or whatever, anytime, Lyndon. Without a doubt, man. Again, man, I I super appreciate you, man, taking the time out the day. We're yeah. definitely gonna have to get you again back on the show in the future, man. I know you have a lot going on. I'm sure what you have going on is gonna grow immensely. So, man, yeah, I would definitely want to get you back on the show in the future, man, to get an update from you. Let the listeners hear what you have going on. You bet, Lyndon. Uh, I'm be more than happy to come on with it. Awesome, man. Then thanks again for coming through, man, and I appreciate you. Okay, so what I want to do real fast uh, before I actually get off. So, what I realized is I think. My audio part malfunctioned for a moment. And the only thing I think they got cut off was the very, very beginning. So all I'm going to do is I want to do two things, if you don't mind. I'm going to redo my intro to you so that that captures. And then if you don't mind redoing the um, the soundbite, that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be fine. And what was it again, uh, real quick? Okay. Yeah, so the the soundboy is basically again saying, you know, hey, what's every, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Robert Tiger, also known as Bit Rebel, and you're listening to the Bullpen Podcast with the Crypto Bully. Okay, let's uh, try it again. Okay, uh-huh. uh, let me know when you're ready. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Tiger, also known as Bit Rebel in the crypto community. I want to welcome you to the Bullpen and live with. The crypto bully. Awesome. Thanks, man. Super appreciate it. And again, I'm going to go ahead and, and do my introduction to you. Um, I'm going to do my introduction as if we're just starting an interview. After I do it, you know, I'm going to say, you know, hey, what's up? You can just talk. And then what I'll do is that once we get enough, I'll go ahead and just cut you off. So, and then we'll pretty much be good to go. That'll be, we'll be okay. good. Hey, what's up, everybody? I want to welcome everyone to episode 17 of the Bullpen Podcast, powered by ECC. I am your host, The Crypto Bully, also known as Mr. Crypto Carlton. And here on this podcast, I like to get into the bullpen with some of the most interesting and influential individuals in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space to pick their brains about their opinions and see what they have going on. So, of course, today, you know, I I got together with this individual, man. I've done my due diligence. This guy seems highly interesting and highly knowledgeable. To to me, I think he he really is what an OG of crypto embodies. He's an early adopter of Bitcoin. He's a technical writer, a blockchain developer, and the founder and director of media 
at satoshimedia.group. So without further ado, I'd like to go ahead and introduce our guest for today, Mr. Robert Tiger, aka Bit Rebel. How you doing today, man? Hey, Lyndon. How you doing? Happy to be here. Good, 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 man. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day, man. I, I really appreciate it, man. I, I think you have a lot to offer as far as knowledge. And I'm sure, uh, you know, the listeners will have a lot to pull from this conversation that we're about to have today, man. Uh, you know, one of the first questions I actually wanted to ask you, man, the, the nickname Bit Rebel, uh, what, you know, where did that come from? Where did you get that from? Well, it was kind of a funny story. Um, you know, I started by the first name that I chose, CryptoCat. And I, and I chose that name simply because my last name was Tiger. And I thought uh, that was a perfect fit, Crypto Cat. Right. <laughs> and, uh, until I got an email, uh, an email from there, there's actually a, a guy that goes by that pseudonym, Crypto Cat, uh, who was actually a software developer. And okay. uh, through some of my research that that I did, uh, and I actually uh, had received an email from him, alerting me that uh, that that name was taken and that I should back off. And so after giving it some thought, I didn't want the negativity, you know, coming to my, my door since I did find out that not only was he a software developer using that name, he was also a hacker uh, who had, had his friends with the, uh, with the FBI. And so I thought to myself, well, I don't want that coming to my door. And so that's when I chose BitRebel and uh, ran with it. And I've got so many compliments on that name. And uh, everywhere I go, people are, they don't call me by my name. They call me by Bit Rebel. <laughs> hey, Bit Rebel. You know, that's kind of how that came about. Nice, nice, man. Great decision on your part, man. Yeah, just go ahead and uh, let's not let the, the, the hacker, <laughs> let's not lead the hacker directly to us, man. That's a, that's a good point. And I, I like Bit Rebel. To me, that stands out. That's unlike any nickname I've heard. To me, it makes sense. It resonates. It's super easy to reference you. Like I, when I think of that, that's officially you. Robert Tiger is Bit Rebel. There's nobody else that can. I feel like I could connect with that name. So I like that man, without a doubt. That's a great, great, great name. We'd like to thank everyone for your support here at the Bullpen Podcast all season long, and look forward to having you at the next episode. We'd also like to give a special thanks to the team behind the scenes that make this show possible. Today's show notes can be found on our website at thebullpenpodcast.io forward slash post show stats. Also, don't forget to like and retweet us at one bullpen podcast. That's the number one bullpen podcast. And to watch Lyndon do some exciting and probably some weird things too, tune into the Snapchat at the Crypto Bully. That's at the Crypto Bully. It's been a pleasure, and see you at the next show. Good night, everyone.